uh, you mentioned it on last week's episode that you were asking about why do we say Jamote? Yeah, why do we say Jamote? Well, we don't. You did because you couldn't say remote. I, do, I don't think that you're speaking correctly here. Well, that is, I am telling the truth. And, the, and the, the funny thing about it is, is that you've literally created a new language within our family because of the fact that now everybody calls it not a remote. Well, not a language. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. All Maybe right. at most a pigeon language. You've, you've, um, what's a pigeon language? It's like a language before it's a language. Like, you know, Patois. Okay. Um, that used to be a pigeon, a pigeon language before it was a dialect of English. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. What's on the show for today? Well, today we're going to be talking about giving it 110%. I wouldn't even think that that had any kind of etymology to it. Like just some oh. sports guy in the seventies <laughs> said it. Yeah, it, Bob, it we're going to give it 110%. <laughs> it does. Well, that's a, that's a part of it. That's a part of it, but there, there's some, there's some backstory to it. And then there's killing two birds with one stone. Okay. We're also going to cover mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. That's something somebody has always said at least one time in their life. And we're also going to bring a new game show to the, uh, to the show today uh, called word or not a word word or not a word. That's right. I'll explain it later on in the episode. Uh, but Liam is going to be uh, the contestant, and I will be the host. What do you think of that, Liam? The beautiful host. Well, beautiful is a strong word. All right, stand by. Here we go. Welcome to Why Do We Say That? The show that answers the questions that have plagued us for centuries. Well, not really. Just the ones we've always wondered about, but we're too lazy to Google. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and Liam Kelly. Welcome to this week's episode of Why Do We Say That? Why do we say that? My name is Scott. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Liam, your other host. Uh, Let's jump right into um, one of the topics, Liam. What do we got going on today? What are you covering? Well, the first thing I'm going to be caught, uh, (laughs) the first thing I'll be covering is the, the term 110%. So you're a sports star and you're being interviewed by the sports reporter and you say to him, yeah, Bob, we really gave 110% today. Actually, if you were a sports person, say you're playing football. Yeah, man, I guess just uh, uh, God was out there on the field with me today and and we really gave it 110% and got to gotta do like the, the nose wipe and and we, re- we really just tried our best out there. Thank you. So what is the... Why do we say give it 110%? What's the history behind it? <laughs> well, 110% was actually used, uh, was a phrase that was used by Elizabeth in England at the end of the 16th century. Do you mean Elizabethan England? Elizabethan England, yes. So it wasn't used by Elizabeth. It was used during Elizabethan times. Yes, okay. during Elizabethan times. All right. At the end of the 16th century. And it was uh, believed to be originated, uh, originated. Sorry, um, when a royal aide was pooping in a bathroom, and the aide reported the uh, the aide reported to have said a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent of the population had been infected by the disease. A humorous statistical. What disease? I, it, uh, I I'm not sure. It doesn't say. It just says a, a humorous statistical impossibility rather than 
um, the correct 10% figure calculated by like the amount of bodies on the street. Really? Yes. So some guy was taking a dump. Yeah. And he said 110% of the people are sick. Yeah. With, it was probably the plague or something like that it, oh, based yeah. on the time frame that if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, it, he it, just it, came up with the wrong number. Yeah, he just was like a hundred percent. But we all kind of know what we use it in modern day. We all it's usually with like sports, like we said in the beginning. Um, like we're just like a ha- we're, we just we just gave it a hundred and ten percent out there. We tried our best. Or you've got a boss at work. You know this project's due on Thursday, Phil. Yeah, we need you to give one hundred and ten percent to it. Yeah. But that actually bugs the living daylights out of your mother because she hates the fact that it's statistically impossible to give 110%. So she, she never yeah, says that. Well, if a hundred and 110%, that technically means that that's your new a hundred percent. Oh, let's not get into math. But, but a little, little side note, a little scientific side note, scientists are working on ways of allowing sportsmen to increase the uh, effort um, use uh, like a, like allowing sportsmen to increase like their effort in their particular sport um, using drugs and the early trial drugs such as like steroids have been found to be less effective than silicon inserted in the bosom of a tall blonde lady. What I I <laughs> that that's what the article says. I need you to do better research next week's episode because that made no sense and I don't, I don't understand it. Let's, you know what? Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we know that basically the reason why we give 110% was because some guy in Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabethan England Elizabethan mirrors. took a dump and miscalculated. Yeah. How many people were sick? A hundred and ten percent, apparently. A hundred and ten percent of them. A hundred and ten percent of them. All right, so I'm going to go to my next one. Then we're going to take a break. The cat's pajamas. The cat's pajamas. Do you know why people say you're the cat's pajamas? I do not. Well, in today's phrase, it usually means you're the top of your game or, mm-hmm. you know, you're stylish. Oh, look at him. He's the cat's pajamas. Um. I personally have never used that phrase in yeah. my, ever in my entire I, life. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know many people who have said that. This was actually sent in by a fan on Instagram mm. and said, can you tell me the history behind, um, they actually called it a nonsense phrase <laughs> uh, because it really is a nonsense phrase. Like, oh yeah, it's nonsense. It doesn't. It doesn't directly translate into like, for example, last week we talked about beating around the bush Mm -hmm. because that's literal. They were literally beating around a bush. Yeah. But this is one of those nonsensical phrases that people just hear and they don't really understand it. But if you're interested, I'll share it with you. Please do. All right. So uh, before we start talking about the cat's pajamas, um, there's been a big uh, argument about how to spell the word pajamas i am not the right person to be talking about spelling no so that's why i'm just (laughs) gonna tell you so in north america yeah we spell it p-a-j-a-m-a-s pajamas Mm -hmm. Uh, but in the uk for example uh, they spell it p-y-j-a-m-a-s yeah so they use a 
a PY instead of a PAJ. Oh. Uh, there is no wrong way to spell it with a lot of words, like yeah. a lot of words. Uh, but it actually derives from Persian and Urdu, Ooh. the word pay, P-A-Y, dash yeah. jamma. Uh, so you might say pajamas and pajamas, P-Y. PJs. Have an equal claim to the authenticity. Um, we're going to go with, well, I think in Canada, we actually spell it P-Y as mm-hmm. well. Um. In the 1920s, the urban East Coast cities of the USA were breeding grounds for new and wacky modes of expression. That was the the, the roaring 20s. Oh, wow. The flappers and... Da, da, da. Yep, exactly. Um, the bright young things of the flapper era wanted to throw off anything old or stuffy in fashion, music, and language. So they were trying to get rid of the old stuff and bring, bring in the, the new. new. Like like in uh, Great Gatsby, like West Egg and yep. East Egg? Or is it East Egg? I don't know. Is that even a word? Uh, I don't know. That's what they called it in the book. Oh, congratulations. That's very good. You mentioned Well, it. I still failed the test. So, no, oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, many new and for the most part, nonsense animal related expressions were coined to denote excellence. So I think this is one of those nonsensical ones where people just said we had, they had other phrases like the snake's hips, the kipper's knickers. The kippers, knickers. The monkey's eyebrows and so on. What? The monkey's eyebrows. Um, Out of many such phrases, only the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas uh, remained in regular use. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a related cat expression, the cat's whiskers. This has been used as a term of excellence both in the 1920s and up until today. So they use the cat's whiskers. Uh, But differs from the other flapper era expressions. And that as well as a literal reference to the whiskers of a cat, it was the name of the tuning wires on early crystal radio sets. Oh. As an existing term, it got swept up and included in many terms of excellence. So basically what it's talking about is is that it's talking about it being excellence. Just the peak of human beings. Yeah, by the mid-1920s, U.S. phrases, the cat's eyebrows or the cat's pajamas, had become well enough established to have traveled to the U.K., um, as seen in an extract from the newspaper in 1923, the Daily Herald said, Oh, you lovers of Rudolph Valentino, he is the cat's eyebrows. Oh, very fancy. If you have studied the American language, you will know that this is the highest of all praise, except perhaps he is the cat's pajamas. The cat's pajamas. Where, where do like, how, how do they just like, oh, we're going to put a cat in pajamas? Well, you know what? Maybe in another episode we'll talk about 23 skidoo because I don't know what that means, but that was from the 1920s as well. Skidoo, 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 skidoo. skidoo. When the, you know, they were dancing and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. Um, Quite strange. Bees knees. Pretty cool. I I didn't know that was kind of connected to the 1920s. So, yeah, uh, there we go. Uh, We're going to take a two second break. We'll be right back. Guests of the show stay at the fabulous and historic Inn on the Park Hotel, right in the heart of Midtown Toronto. The hosts keep forgetting we're a car dealership now, but we're sure we can squeeze you in somewhere. Have you ever heard, had you ever heard of the term killing two birds with one stone? 
I have. You heard it before. Yeah, a few, more than a few times. And I think this is one of the phrases that people use all the time. Oh, all the time. They're going Every, to the store. I'm going to go to the grocery store and the hardware store. That way I can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. I guarantee you that is probably one of the most used idioms that we've we've probably will ever have on the show. So tell us the history of killing two birds with one stone. Well, this one is um, uh, pretty old. So it's uh, in its present form. The earliest printed record of the idiom was found in uh, 1656. But it is to believe that the phrase origin originated from the story of um, uh, Didicle, Didicles. I, I totally don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Daedalus. Daedalus and Icarus from Greek mythology. Um, uh, Dedicus uh, killed two birds with one stone in order to get the feathers from the birds and make wing and make the wings. Um, the the farther the son who escaped from the labyrinth to uh, create by making wings to fly out. So he was in the labyrinth, which is like this big thing, and he's like, "All right, well, I'm going to kill these two bar- birds with one stone. I'll get the all of the things at once, and I'll create wings so I can fly out of the labyrinth." I never seen anybody ever kill two birds. How do you kill two birds with one stone? I think they're just got to be lined up and you just go. Well, I know it's Greek mythology, so it's really a story. Yeah. Poseidon cannot control the seven seas, nor does he exist. But does Aquaman exist? He does not. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Spoiler. Is there any, any part of your research where you realized that we brought it into our lexicon in some other way, or was it always trying to complete two uh, tasks, uh, basically uh, the same endeavor? It, well, it was always kind of like that because, like I said, like it was first you well thought to have first used in the Greek in Greek mythology, but like the first printed record was in 1656, and that was just like, hey, let's complete these two uh, like these two tasks with one effort, like. Um, a few other ways that you can say it is like accomplish two different uh, things at the same time, solve two problems with one single action, achieve two things with a single action, achieve two ends with a single effort. There's a thousand ways you can say this. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. So it was Greek mythology. It was a story about Daedalus, I think is the way you say it. Daedalus Not and Icarus. Yeah. And being able to fly out and great story. Yeah. Now but I, it was what year was the quote the first time it was researched to be 1656. found? Sixteen fifty six. All right, sixteen fifty six. So the seventeenth century. Mm-hmm. That's kind of around the same time as the guy was taking a dump and saying that he was giving one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, just maybe it was the same dude. Maybe he was just sitting on the toilet taking a dump, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill those both of those birds with one stone, so I can warn people that things are dying, and just went. Done. I'd still like to see somebody try to do it because I don't think it could ever be done. Like literally. Probably not with a, like a stone, but maybe with like a crossbow or a gun. Let's just not hurt animals. Yeah. That, that sounds good to me. All right. Let's move on. I think last week's episode, we were talking about a lot of morbid things. Let's not kill birds. Well, well, actually I had just one more thing since this story had to do a lot with Greek mythology. Um, if you could be the child or a legacy of any demigod, 
or uh, any uh, Greek god or Roman god, what would it be? Oh, gee, I don't know. Um, I don't know Hercules, Zeus. That's I, I don't know. that's so boring. You're you're boring me. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge study on Greek or Roman mythology. Yeah, I'd I'd pick Thantios because he's the god of peaceful deaths. So if someone tries to mess with, mess with me, I can just summon some zombies and they'll eat them. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> have you ever been told to mind your P's and Q's? I have been told to mind my beeswax. Um, yeah, mind your beeswax. But you've never been told to mind your P's and Q's? I have not. Hmm. I have. Yeah? Yes. And it's, um, your grandfather actually told me this story, and I didn't believe him. Yeah. We just thought he was full of shit when we were growing up. Well, he just made stuff up. <laughs> well, he also said that our family was run out because they stole sheep. I think that's actually true. Oh, well, he also told you he took the LSAT to prove that you have to be stupid to be a lawyer. He did. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it is true. Maybe you should have <laughs> believed him. Mind your P's and Q's, uh, an old English language expression meaning mind your manners or mind your language. Uh, beyond your best behavior, watch what you're doing. What are the P's and Q's, though? I'll get to that part. Attempts at explaining the origin of this phrase go back to the mid-19th century, where one explanation favored in a letter to the editors of Notes and Queries dated 1851 oh. is a literal interpretation of the saying regarding the lowercase letters of P's and Q's. So that could potentially be um, uh, going backwards. Because okay. in lowercase p and a q are just the mirror images. Of yeah, just flipped. So that's, would be, um, that would maybe be something that was said in school. Yeah. Mind your p's and q's because quarry will become poery very quickly. Yeah. Um, there's also another theory or hypothesis about where it was uh, also mentioned. Uh, One is from the 17th century in English pubs and taverns. Uh, Bartenders would keep watch on the alcoholic consumption of the patrons, um, keeping an eye on the pints and quarts. Oh, Oh, P's and Q's. Gentlemen, mind your P's and Q's is a short form of saying, I think you guys have had too much to drink. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of the times the publican, yeah, and that's actually where we get the word pub. Oh, okay. So somebody who owned an establishment that sold alcohol back in the 17th century. Was a publican? Was called a publican. Oh. And they just short-farmed it to now you're going to the pub. Oh. And if a, if a woman walked into the bar, that would be something as well that the publican would say to the gentleman, because it wasn't that often that women were seen in bars. Yeah. That he would say, gentlemen, mind your P's and Q's, and it would mean that there was a, a, a member of the opposite sex in the, in the pub. Okay. So that was another thing. It was mind your manners, mind your language and be on your best behavior. You know, it would be a good idea for, um, a white, uh, some, some right wing guy could, uh, call his pub the, um, the Republican. I can almost guarantee you that there probably is one in the United States called the Republican. I I wouldn't be surprised. That's cool. Uh, We're going to take another break. And then when we come back, we are going to play 
our brand new game show, Word or Not a Word. We'll be right back. And now it's time for everyone's favorite game show, Word or Not a Word. Now here's your host, Wink Martindale. Wait, what? what? Oh, Wink was too expensive. Here's your host, Scott. Welcome back. We are now going to play our favorite game show. Well, it's brand new. Actually, my favorite game show is The Bomb. I've never heard of that game show. It's where you have to cut the right wire answering a trivia question. And if you cut the wrong wire, the bomb explodes. And there's some weird stuff in there. I consider myself a pretty big game show aficionado. Mm -hmm. Never heard of it. Really? Is it on like the internet or something? No, it's it's a regular old game show. Well, it sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. This game show is called Word or Not a Word. Yeah. Liam, you are the contestant. I am indeed. And you will have 30 seconds. Okay. To answer whether the word I give you is really a word or not a word. So you're going to just say word or not a word. Sounds If you are correct, to you're going to get this. If you are incorrect, you will get this. Oh, no. That is the sound of failure. All right. 30 seconds on the clock. You mark, get set, go. Anachronistic. Not a word. Oh, sorry, I hit two buttons at the same time. <laughs> Enervating. Not a word. Damn it. Seconta cattle. Not a word. Damn it. Oh, wait, that was right. Yes. <laughs> Straving. Word. No. Deleterious. Not a word. Yes. Knee were. Not a word. Dang it. Parsimonious. Word. Dang it. Rack unconscious. Word. Supercilious. Word. I heard way too much failure in that. A whole lot of. Yeah. I dang, couldn't get dang. my. I couldn't get my buttons straight though. <laughs> Just birding, birding, birding. That's it. Uh, you got, uh, I think you got six, you got four out of 10. Oh no. Five out of 10. I got a 40%. Yeah, not bad. Looks like most of my grades. Sakotan <laughs> cattle. Sakotan cattle. What does that mean? I just made it up. I heard it on a television show and I knew it wasn't a word, but yeah. Huh. But anachronistic is a word. What does that mean? We'll leave the definitions for another day. Oh, a big setup. Maybe not. Maybe I just don't want to go through all the <laughs> definitions. I think that's uh, it for today's episode. Yes, ma'am. Liam, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and thank you so much for continuing to have me on. Uh, well, you are the co-host, so you have to be here uh, every week. Unless I died. Uh, we're going to be here every week with new phrases to figure out where did they come from and why do we say that? And where do they go? And why are they now in today's vernacular? Why do like why do we still use it to today? So we're going to try to do some research on that as well. Mm -hmm. um, please check us out on Instagram. Yes. Uh, at why do we say that? Yes, indeed. And uh, 
If you've got any questions, if you've got a suggestion for the show, a phrase that you may not have heard yet, drop us a line on Instagram. Send us an instant message. We answer every single one of them. Yes, Unless you're mean to us, and then we're not going to answer it. And then we'll shame you on we the next episode. We will shame you. You'll no, be- we won't, because that is against the law. So, no. Um, Slander. No, sorry, you're wrong. Uh, but we will be here every week with new phrases and new words. And uh, every once in a while, we're going to play the game show. Word or not a word. Which, uh, let's hope Liam improves himself for next week. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Liam. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We hoped you learned something today. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Instagram at why do we say that for more great answers to life's mysteries. Again, sorry, not really just some fun stuff. Have a wonderful day, everyone. <laughs>